Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about game balance. I don't know what that means, but let's go. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I knew exactly what that meant for a while because I've heard that term quite a for quite a while. And I kind of ignored it because I did my own thing. I didn't you know, really look into how to be a better GM. I never really looked at well, those first kind of things. You have to, to define what it is for me. Right. So game balance to me is balancing the encounters to the level of the characters to make sure that, one, they're not too easy or weak, and two, and two, and two, that they're not too difficult or overly difficult for the party that, that you're playing with for the, or the characters that have. So uh, I think a lot of this hap- uh, has to do with uh, mainly combat-heavy games, uh, D&D for one. I would think D&D is something like uh, maybe Dark Conspiracy, maybe even uh, Twilight 2000, those type of combat heavy genres or a world war ii game where there's a lot of combat so you don't want to make the encounter whatever that is whether it's a villain a monster in the appropriate genre too hard or too easy because if it's too easy the characters just roll over the monster or the encounter and if it's too difficult then you could get a total party kill i've said it before until recently I've never had a tower party kill, like I've never GM'd one, and I've never been in one. I've never been, I've never played in a game where it ended in a total party kill. And it just so happens that the total party kill game was an old Gamma World module. I think we were playing Gamma World 3rd edition, and the module was some created sometime in the 90, mid-90s. So that kind of tells you something that game balance maybe didn't uh, it wasn't around in the 90s even though the modules would say this is for a game group from levels one through three or five through six i do remember that i do remember modules having that kind of a like a range of this is this is a module for this level of characters but i never bought them really i think the only one i've ever bought was uh i don't remember it was a third edition module that i I ran uh, the group with through. And it was a lot of fun. Of course, I changed it. I always do. So I think the inherent in those in those games, those type of games where combat is heavy, you have to sort of worry about game balance. So when I was looking up game balance... <laughs> you give me a strange look. Totally different uh, definition or... or yeah, most of the people on Reddit and stuff were talking about how... If the character, if some characters are overpowered, then um, the game is not balanced. Oh, like party balance almost kind of thing. I guess. Well, that that's I've had to deal with that situation with a D and D group. Yes, uh, where Augustine and Alan and the three munch, four munchkins, because I include uh, the father, they're really super. Even though they're third level, fourth level, whatever level they were at, they were always way more combat ready than let's say me oh, no i want to say you because you were a spellcaster so but let's say uh what is it what is her name kathy kathy right well she was more into her character uh because 
the concept of her character. Concept of a character. Which is she used to be a former gladiator and was a former performer that worked in gladiator games. Literally games. They weren't like real combat. It was more a theatrical thing. And so she, that's what she centered her character on. While the other ones would just want killing machines and do as much damage as possible. As much, as much damage as possible in as little time as possible. Right? So I, there is party balance that's why i'm making the distinction between game balance and party balance i guess maybe that maybe i got it wrong are you are you thinking about all right so so you're saying it's just balancing the encounters to your players right level? right that's interesting i i always that's one of the things that i always had an issue with trying to gm for the boys because one they knew all the monsters right and two I had to figure out how to get a monster that was going to make it fun enough for them so they weren't going to be bored. They're just right. slicing, going through and slicing them up. Right? Yes. Not even versus, a challenge. Versus trying to make it so the monster wasn't going to kill them with one shot. Yes. So as a GM, when you have those kind of characters versus another character, like Kathy's character, Sarviel, uh, you're going to have a problem because Sarviel is not going to be able to deal as much damage as, I forget the other characters' names, uh, Godric, let's say Godric. Godric is able to defeat his enemy faster than Sarviel because Godric does much more damage than Sarviel does in per round, per whatever. And so Godric is going to be able to like kill twice as many people as Sarviel, and Sarviel might get hammered just like my character got hammered when we were playing, but that was because I think you loaded the dice. But I did not. You rolled like two criticals, at, criticals in a row. Remember that? Well, that wasn't my fault. <laughs> and you say we have to roll where everybody can see it. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good idea. And I think it was fine. I think it was good. And I really liked that. I think it was, I thought it was really telling that, that my character wasn't as strong as they could, but I don't know if they could have, they probably would have withstood that much damage. My whole goal of my character was to make my armor class as high as I could so he wouldn't get hit at all. But when he did get hit, he got hit with two criticals and that was enough to knock him down. Well, I guess it's more interesting, the the player dynamics, than when it comes to that. You could dissect it because the boys were, will just slice through whatever you throw at them, right? Yeah. And yeah, a lot exactly. of mini maxers, that's their their goal is to take kill the play kill the bad guys and take their stuff, right? Whereas Kathy's goal is to have fun and but she got she did get upset because her she was didn't feel like she was doing as much damage as they were. And your, and, it was your true. and your solution to that was to give her a magical weapon which really upset the boys greatly. Yes. Because they, they thought you made it too powerful. Right. But it actually brought her up to their level. Almost. Yeah, level. I don't think she she even with that trident, which was heavily magical, ma real magical. Yeah, it was it was like Poseidon's trident in, in a certain sense because it was that powerful. It didn't. It she still didn't make it do as much damage because she's not a mini maxer, right? Right, right. And where, it, whereas the boys will calculate right. the way, and then and then also they play video games, right? Where they want to get the kill because it. It does something for them, right? No, no, it doesn't. But they just like to. They're oh, like, you stole my cow! Yes, they still do that. They do that still. And I, I don't think it gives them more experience or anything like that, or makes them. You know what I mean? If it was it's like just a, it's a competition. Thing. Yeah, they're just mini maxers. 
Well, that's interesting because see, I always and I always use that against them, right? When I'm playing, use what against them? Their their desire to kill things greatly. Oh, and like if they're wishy washy about where they want to go, or if they if I think that they should take into consideration, you know, what's going to happen to the people around them at, that. Not necessarily just the players, but the characters that they're encountering. Yeah. Then I'll do the thing where I walk out into the middle of something and and they'll follow to protect me. Oh, as a player? Yeah, as a oh, player. Okay, I thought Not you meant as, as a GM. GM. Okay. Yeah. So uh, back to modules. I think modules back in the old day, I didn't quite finish talking about modules. That's the difference between modules and making your own adventures is that you can tailor your adventure to your group, right? You know the capabilities of your group where a module is made for mass consumption. And so you can tailor your adventure and then therefore your encounters to the players or the characters that are playing in the game. Yes, I found that, so I, I totally agree because modules I have a really hard time yeah, with. I know. Well. Because <laughs> they, well, expect you, you to, they expect the characters to do stuff that they're not going to do. Right. The players, the right. players right? They, they're, they're like, okay, this is going to happen and then you're going to do this. I'm like, well, they don't, they don't even want to do this. So <laughs> I don't know why you're putting it here. Yeah, the railroad begins, right? But I, I always, there's a couple sites I mean, there's D&D Beyond and stuff where you can look up the monsters and right. things like that. But there's other sites where you can build your, the, the I think it's the Dungeon Dojo or something, Ooh. where you can build your, your random dungeons, right? Oh, yeah. You can yeah. put in the level of the players, and then it, it spits out these monsters that are at their <laughs> level. And I thought that was the coolest thing because then I could look at those monsters then in the, in the uh, monsters manual. And figure out if I could use them in my game. Right. And they, they were, it worked well because when we were playing in that game with you, or when we were playing in your game, it really, one thing is I was encountering monsters I've never heard of. And they really jacked us up, at least some of us. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. some of us were, were a little worried about our character. Well, not only that, but then, you know, when you're running for a large group of people, sometimes, well, I don't know about other GMs, but me with the boys, I asked one of them to help me, right? With right. Them, to look at the monster to make sure oh, doing okay, it. Oh, right. okay, yeah. I think it was Ian you would help. And Ian, Ian was the was the the victim this time. <laughs> Cause well, he's more than willing to. L- and, l- and he loved it because he figured out what the monster, for one, he saw the monster, he's all, <gasps> his eyeballs, which made Augustine and Alan like look at each other nervously because they didn't know what was going to happen. And then after that, he was kind of, what do you want to call it? He... He wanted to kill his uh, fellow compatriots. <laughs> no, he, he had a he had a dilemma because he knew how to kill the monster, so he couldn't. His character couldn't do it, but right. he he chose that right. He goes, I'll, I'll I'll run it. So that was pretty cool because that added a whole new aspect to the the monsterness. Yeah, right? I remember the, you the talking balance. about that. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. I thought it went pretty well. It did. He he really enjoyed it too, having that. So when you when you had Ian help you that. Why do you think you had Ian help you? Because it was difficult or because... I actually asked him to help me because I didn't understand what the... I was I was looking at the book, what the monster could do. And I had never seen a monster that was that powerful or that had that, those particular kind of skills. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, no, it was it was a good adventure. It was very good. Very, I, I really liked it. I mean, every game we've ran have been, has been really good. And if Ian wouldn't have helped me, I would have just made up what the monster could do 
<laughs> because that's what I do. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> so you were saying about modules. Mo- yeah, modules. Modern modules are different. Yes, than older modules, at least. Because if you look at older modules, like from the 70s, and well, I guess it was, they didn't start 80s. making them in the 80s. But the 80s and 90s, they were very, they were very rigid. You know, they were very roady. And therefore, there wasn't a lot of leeway. They didn't even, I don't think they even thought about the idea of balancing the, the encounters to the, to the party. It was just like, this is what they encounter. And if they don't make it, they don't make it. If it kills everybody, <laughs> you've done your job. But more modern ones, at least within the last 20 years, I figure, I, when I was thinking, looking through modules and stuff, and even now, even more so now, uh, within the last 10 years, easy, that uh, you know, when you look at a module, even though it says, oh, this is a module is from one to three levels, whatever game that is, or experienced, uh, whatever it is, experienced players, non-experienced players, beginning players, there's always that little blurb when it comes to encounter and it tells you you have to up and di- up or or lower the strength of the monster according to your the player's level according to your player's abilities and and level right because they could like I said they could be level three and if they're like Kathy's level threes like a a party of five Kathys it's going to be a different party than the than a mini max or pet than Augustine group of three of five right because one, you know, one group is gonna probably not do as much damage and do a little bit more role playing. The other, the other group is just gonna slaughter things left and right because that's their job. <laughs> so I think I, I think that's party balance, not party balance. That's game balance to me. I know. Well, how do how do you apply that kind of game balance to other encounters besides encountering? Right. Obviously, some encounters have nothing to do with combat. Usually there's just an encounter like dealing with people or getting information, especially like in a game that is not combat heavy. For example, uh, Liminal is not about combat. It's trying to figure out stuff. Uh, almost any investigation game, uh, Call of Cthulhu, you do not want to get in combat in Call of Cthulhu. Though usually combat comes to you, right? <laughs> Whether you want to or not. Or the bad spirit comes to you and then makes you go crazy and combat ensues because you're nuts. But but for the most part, even those type of encounters, there is some balance to them because you don't want them to be too, what is it? You don't want to make it too hard for the players and you don't want to make it too easy. So there's, so for me, when I was running games, especially when I just, I've been running different games since a, a long time. I didn't just run D&D for the past 30 years. I know there's some people that do that. So I ran Swapra, I ran Top Secret, I, I Dark Conspiracy. I mean, I, the, now the the list of games that I've run is huge, right? Because I've been trying to get some of these games that have been sitting on my shelf onto the playing field, which is good because now I can say, oh, yeah, we played that one. <laughs> so my list of games run has, has dramatically increased since Jolene's giving me the stank guy right now. <laughs> well, you can say that, but the list of games you've run versus the number of games you own is... I can say I, got th- I think I've reached about 50%. I think you're full of crap. <laughs> but no. so another thing about balancing the the game uh-huh. is oh. I think your players have to kind of know when to run away or know when to not fight. Right, right. So Shadowrun, one of the last games that we played with you, we were dealing with a, a dragons. Actually, we were dealing with several dragons. <laughs> and 
the probably not the safest place to be. <laughs> the fact that they could kill us at any moment. Well, there's a, what's funny is that there's a book called "Never Deal with a Dragon," right? Novel. Well, they could have killed us at any moment, right? We were I, I like. Don't know. So as a player, you realize that. So you don't want to make too many missteps, right? No, no, definitely not. Because if something can eat you, it's often better to <laughs> to make friends with it than to you know try to kill it. But it makes or it make it upset. Yeah, it makes it really interesting to as a player to play with things like that to to have to realize that I'm dealing with people that could or dragons that could kill me at any time. So it makes the game more intense or exciting right i would think so i mean i think it makes the game uh, definitely more interesting and and it, and for your group who you know you're a group of badasses pretty much it puts you in a different position a different bargaining position right like you're not at the what is it you don't have the superiority you know i, I just sat up and looked down <laughs> at Jolene, sort of you don't have that superiority feeling like oh we could take these guys if they don't mess if they if they mess with us yeah, right. no, that, that when, the, when you guys were well, you guys didn't even know he was a dragon, but you had serious suspicions of it. You guys rolled really well on certain things, and you guys, and once you figured it out, you, I think some of you cared. figured it out pretty quickly. Did you? Yeah. Well, he, well, I was playing them very oddly, which I do with dragons anyway for some reason. Well, because so, they're dragons. Right? Yeah, but you guys like the change. I think the change the way you guys were were acting with them was was instantaneous once you guys that like whoa like we're in deep crap well yeah because you know a dragon wants you to take a job what are you gonna do <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> negotiate. It's, it's not like a it's, it's not like negotiate the terms negotiate the terms <laughs> so yeah but that makes it that changes the the balance right because there's not going to be a fight with a, a dragon if there is your party's gonna die <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, yeah so I think that that gives it a different dynamic where the party realizes that and the party realized it's a drag. We're dealing right. with dragons. When it wasn't just one dragon because then we went and met another dragon. Right. You guys were like emissaries from one talking to another one. <laughs> so that makes it, you know. <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah, I, I was surprised that you guys go like, what do you even think about that? Because like, hold on. One guy wants to hire us. That's fine. The other guy is in competition with this other guy. And why would we want to talk to him? He might not like Well, because once a dragon hires you, you don't have a lot of choice. Well, there's that, but there's also the idea that, what is it? Don't kill the messenger, but dragons don't think like that because they, they, don't, they don't care. That is the message, if, I, if you eat the messenger. <laughs> the, the answer is no, well, I'm not going to agree with the situation. But that was interesting. I really liked that. I really liked the, that moment that when, I, when you guys know it, when you guys realized it and it was almost almost instantaneous between all of you except some of you who weren't really paying attention to what i was doing uh i'm not sure like augustine and alan were paying attention but i know i know like uh me and Stephen ian were paying attention and uh and kathy no J jason jason he definitely yeah. was like well because he smelled them right? right is that what it was yeah or somebody smelled them and, he goes, and I'm like, and because they it was ruled, because he had a special smell. Oh, that's right. Because it's Shadowrun. So. <laughs> he had a special nose yeah. enhancement. And then, and then he couldn't tell nobody, right? Because he's like, but then well, we were sitting at a table, right. With this, right. Well, with actually, it wasn't actually. It was him. It was it him. Yeah. Okay, I thought maybe he was was uh, controlling somebody. Else. No, 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 no. He was uh, assuming the form yeah. of a human. So I think that's pretty interesting. I think when you 
when you play an encounter like that, when you when the players encounter something that is beyond them, and combat is like a big mistake because there's no way you're gonna beat them. I think that's different than when you normally deal with somebody who's even on par with the group is negotiating with a, another party. Well, when I was reading about balance, a lot of people were complaining that magic users are way overpowered. Yeah, but if when you play a magic user. You're not necess- you're not thinking that you're way overpowered, especially at lower levels. You're just hoping that somebody doesn't kill you. You know, first level D&D, you don't have very many ex- many hit points. Right? Yeah, I don't think they're talking about like lower level guys. Once you get to a certain level, they are very powerful and they can do amazing stuff. Right. And I think that's But that's- once they get to that level, the GM is going to bring <laughs> bigger and better things at your group, right? To make it make it so that you could still die right i mean you're right because they want to make sure they don't want the the wizard or the sorcerer whatever he is or she is or whether they are to completely dominate the game and in in every situation so for example uh th- this problem with the magic users is prevalent like it's from like D to Shadowrun, right Shadowrun, what do they say i think i mean in almost every you know, every podcast or every, uh, uh, what do you call it, blog, they say, what's the first thing you do in a Shadowrun game? You, you kill, kill the magic you kill, user. You kill that's them. the same thing in D&D, yeah. right? That's, like, that's why when you play a magic user, you don't want pe- people to know you're a magic yeah, user. Yeah, there's a big target on your back because yeah. they don't know how powerful you are and you could do amazing stuff. Well, so, and in Shadowrun, it's technomancers are probably just as powerful as magic users if you play them right yeah that's why i really like that and that's why class. techno technomancers are always acting like they're deckers and and not like you know they're just they just hack right right they, they have they don't tell you anything about what they can actually do no because they're, they're very they're reviewed as very suspicious and 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 they're just like they're like magic users right yeah. but you, they use the net yeah and they're like, well, I we nobody's safe around these things, these guys, right? Because they're like, they can hack into your crap anytime they want. So I really like that aspect of my character that he's a technomancer and he's p- pretends to be a decker and he has this ancient old nineteen. I think it must be written in the rule book because about having the old, uh, the old <laughs> decker thing. It because Kathy did the same thing, with yeah. her, and 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 they read they read the rule book right when they made the character. Well, th- they. The idea is that you don't want people to know that you're a technomancer, so you got to fool people. And if you're known for, for decking, and if that's what you do, yeah. and you do it openly, I mean, I guess the other take would be that I arm myself with a bunch of rifles and guns and think that, oh, everybody thinks I'm a gunman, but I'm actually more of a, I'm, I'm, I'm a hacker, right? But I don't. But the problem is, like, if you're a technomancer, you don't usually get skill in that's in, in guns. You're because, terrible. Because Kathy played a technomancer, and her skill in, in weapons was like one right so when she would shoot but she was a troll too though no she was a she oh she was, was an orc orc <laughs> she thought she was a troll she thought she was a troll for the first couple of games until <laughs> so we started looking at the weight and then we went because you're a small troll <laughs> you're a very short troll and then then, then, then then what how do i don't remember who figured it out well alan because he was a troll and he was like twice her size right i'm like man why are you such a short troll? <laughs> You're so, right. So the so so those ideas like I usually play a sorceress, although I haven't played a sorceress for a while because we haven't played D and D. But correct. Um, whenever I do play a sorceress, I always have this 
I don't necessarily want people to see me throw a fireball, right? And the boys are always going, throw a fireball, <laughs> throw a fireball. <laughs> and I'm like, but then, because I know what you guys do with the magic user is you find out, you figure out which one of the of the enemies is the magic user, the the boss, as the, they like to, to call it, because they play video games all the time. Right. And and they go after that person, kill that person, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Because if you take out the magic user, then it's you're you're more likely to succeed in your battle. So as the magic user on our side, I'm like, well, I'd rather stand behind you guys, right? Then, because <laughs> you have a huge target on your back. Yeah. If they figure that out. Yeah. And you're all wearing robes and no armor and like, well, it's kind of easy to figure it out. Yeah. Well, and for as soon as you throw a a, a, a fireball or a lightning bolt, then I think there was a meta in the in the old third edition and three point five and maybe even Pathfinder. I think there was like a a meta feat or a feat that lets you cast without them knowing that you're casting. And would it like the fireball wouldn't come from your fingertips? It just appear somewhere. Yeah, we're, we were kind of drifted off the topic there, but but the idea that that the the balance of of the encounter according to the to the level of the characters sure. for me was always something i did automatically in my head right when i would think up of well and it, and dnd and pathfinder had this challenge level thing where the character level and the challenge level was theoretically help you find right. a, a, a more or less an equal type of monster well yeah because you, you you figure out you know how many hit points of damage uh, your fighters are going to do or whatever they are and then you look at the monster's hit points and you go, oh, well, there's no way they're going to be able to kill that or oh, they're, they're going to take that out. So you have to put 10 of them there instead of just one. Correct. You can adjust the, and so I would do that automatically because when you're running, like I said, I, was, I think I mentioned before, when you're running with, with players and characters you know, then you can tailor the encounters for them. The only thing that I did with almost all my games up until recently which I, I haven't really changed too much, but I always used to match the the encounters with the characters. I never I never thought about putting an encounter that was way above the characters level for them to have an opportunity to run away or to make them run away. Because I know we've talked about this before. Yes. You grew up or Felipe's idea or your group's idea. Our group's idea. Was always that you were gonna whatever the whatever the GM threw at you that was what you were going to take out, right? Or, or, do. or yeah. that we had a fair chance of taking yes. it out if we played right. And even in, and even when they give you a dragon, <laughs> you felt like, well, there has to be a reason it's here and I should be able to deal right. with it. Right, right. When in reality, the dragon means that you should get out of there. Right. This is a hard stop on this part of the, this direction of the adventure is going. But as a as a player... I, I know you. You're yeah. like, well, if there's a dragon, then there's, there's a reason, and I need to, we're going to be able to. There's a way to figure out how to get him. Either, well, there isn't. No, there wasn't. I remember that was Sip's game, right? Yeah. He just, the dragon kept messing with us, and there was no way we could defeat it. And it was, at one point, it was kind of like a impact, what do you call it? A stalemate. Uh, the dragon was like unwilling to deal with us, and we were unable to get to the dragon and kill him because he just didn't want to deal with us. And I'm like, man, this, you know, for me, it sucked because I was kind of frustrated. And then at the very end of the game, after we're done, Sip, who was running the, the adventure, goes, did you guys ever think just to walk away? 
just walk away. And and that should have been a, like an epiphany for you, right? Yeah, and it was. It was. I was like, holy crap. Never have I really played in a game where a GM put something in front of us that we couldn't defeat. One way or another. The only defeat in this, the only way to defeat it was to just walk away or run away in this case. We were able to luckily not get killed. Uh, I think that was Sips just being nice to us. But, at, you know, but that was it. It was like, and I was, and when he said that, I'm like, holy crap. And I've said that before. That was a very interesting moment. So now when I run games, see, but I wouldn't do that. So now when I run games, I don't, I would think about putting an impossible monster or an impossible challenge in front of the, the characters. But for that group that I've been running since, you know, Augustine has been five years old when we first started playing together. I remember he was six when everybody, no, it was about five when everybody was playing together. I never had, I've never done that. So for me to do that now, it's like, I'm all, I'm almost, that would be like, I don't know, it would be a bad idea. Well, yeah, because. Because everybody's thinking, oh, he also always puts something in front of us. It could be a hell of a fight because it sometimes it's been a hell of a fight. Yeah. And you guys are like, worried, get, I actually get worried about dying. Well, we have hid from dragons before in your game. As, you know, we're in the middle of the field and. There's dragons flying by. I don't remember that. But yeah, but they weren't like. They weren't looking at us. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess you didn't shoot arrows at it to make it it like, hey, what's that? Oh, food. I think in those situations, you got, that was just almost like flavor or color, right? right? And and I was pretty sure you guys weren't going to, I don't know, hey, there's a red dragon. Let's shoot arrows at it. Well, we were like fourth level or something right and the boys were knew they couldn't take on a dragon okay at that particular time okay so maybe i have done that i have but but for the most part when i design a, an encounter i have never in made an encounter where they were not where they actually encounter something and there's no possible way to defeat it i've never done that with you guys so if i were to do that now it would probably end in a total party kill because you guys were like oh we, we've always killed things or we've always been able to defeat it and then, and well, they've 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 grown up, so it may be different. Well, that's true, that's true. They played a lot more Savvy. other GMs too now, oh. so so they know that they can get killed. That's true. You're right. So, like I said before, when I first when I was running for let's say the first twenty years, I never really thought about game balance, you know, or encounter balance, and so I was like, I just did it in my head, I think, and because I was. I was really pro player, even though at the, at the time I wasn't, I didn't think of it that way. I just wanted the players to have fun. And I ran games the way I would want to play them, right? I was playing heroic games. I wanted heroes. If one character died, it was possible, but hardly ever. And you could always resurrect them or something or bring them back to life or help them out or something. So that's the way I ran games. And for the longest time, you know, I just did not think of having games where... It could end in a total party kill. Uh, recently, like I said, we played in a Gun World game where we did have a total party kill. But then again, that's an extremely uh, Gun World 3rd Edition. Even though it's 3rd Edition, it's very clunky. It's very chaotic. Well, when you have to roll your mutations on a table. And it could be good or bad. They could, be, they could contradict each other. Yeah, that kind of sucks. It, it makes it a lot harder to have a character that can't do anything. Well, it was funny because I think I, I mentioned it before, but I had a I had a mental blast. That was one of my mutations. But then uh, it's based on wisdom or something like that, right? The ability to do that. And then I had a, a, ment, a, a mental, uh, what's it? Uh, 
not deficiency, but a, a bad mutation. A bad mutation where it, it lowered my freaking uh, wisdom to eight. So it's very difficult for me to succeed on my attack. I think I need a 17 or higher a 20 side die, which is very hard to do. And, you know, it, I didn't do it enough. I kept throwing that mental blast, and it would have been like 366 three, six damage, but I never got it off. <laughs> I was too stupid. <laughs> so that was a, that's the thing about that game. And because of that, because the characters can be so almost broken, right? Uh, that character was broken because, you know, he wasn't mini-max, obviously. But uh, he wasn't even like, like if, if, if he had, didn't have that mental deficiency, his, his to-hit number would have been like 13 or 14, which is more doable. Right. But he was kind of messed up, you know. And I was lucky because when you roll the... For the mutations, one you roll to see how many you get. One D four mental and one D four physical, and then on the table you just roll random, and there's they could be good or bad. So you could literally get a character that has four mental and four physical mutations that are disadvantages, and another person get four and four which are good, and then you have this adventure that doesn't take any of that in account. This is what happens. These are the this is the strength of the monster. Sorry, you suck, but you're gonna. <laughs> you're sorry, you're gonna die, but there's not much we can do about it because that's the way adventure's written. And it, I thought it was pretty. I thought that was a learning experience too because I was like, I'd never been a total party kill. I I died. I'm like, oh man, I died. I'm like, these guys should probably run away, you know, <laughs> right? That's what I thought. These guys should run away. I died. Yeah, well, I was the first one to go, and then I think uh, Mike went, and then Philip and uh, Felipe and. I think Jim were still alive, and I'm like, and I was thinking to myself, we were playing over Zoom. You guys should probably run away. I didn't say anything, and then they all died. Yeah, yeah. well, that's 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 old style gaming for you. Uh, another thing is like we we're, we're talking about Mike and coddling. You know, you don't want to coddle your players, but total party kill seems uh, seems to be a little bit over overkill. To you. <laughs> no coddling, redundant. all to, dead. <laughs> to be redundant, I think. Uh, so for me, for the longest time, I didn't even think about game balance. Now I think about it more than than I used to, uh, only in the sense that do I want to make the encounter look or feel uh, harder or like impossible? Uh, you should probably the character should probably like stay away from this encounter or 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 not make it into a physical encounter, a combat encounter. Those kind of things do happen now. Like I, you've said that I've ran games where uh, against the dragon, obviously. Probably should start a fight with them, uh, and other things. So I think, I think every every GM automatically sort of does this in their head, especially if they're making their own adventures. If they're buying adventures now, adventures or modules, whatever you want to call them, they kind of state, hey, you know, this is geared toward this level. Let's say a fifth level characters or whatever game it is, but your characters, your player characters might be different. They might be weaker. They might be stronger please uh, adjust the numbers accordingly. So obviously it's a big deal for people who make modules. You should probably take that into account when you're designing your adventures. There you go. <clears throat> this may have been helpful. It may not have been, but <laughs> that's about it. Let me see. A little glass of my notes. Nope. You're right. <laughs> Good luck with the balancing your games. Yes. If you choose to do that. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.